Hi, Ross Quintana here with Social Magnets, and today we're talking about people, policies, and customer experience. So today I'm going to walk you through something that I think is very important. Yesterday I had a little experience that kind of came across three different companies. And, you know, we all have customer experiences with products, products we've already purchased, new products we're purchasing. And it really illustrated, it, it had such a strong kind of uh, resonating kind of message to me that I felt, you know what, we need to talk about this because this is what I talk about, right? Customer experience. Um, and there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And businesses out here are doing these things every day. And it's kind of a, a funny coincidence because I'm going to tell you a tale of three companies. And it's really the experience that I had with two companies. Uh, and then the third was, was part of the experience that I had with both companies. And then there were some people who did a very great job. And there's some people who really exemplified what's wrong with customer experience and customer service. So I want it to illustrate so that we can see kind of what, what can we learn from this and, and realize that it, to me, it also illustrated how the business world is changing and how some people are going to be left behind and their businesses are just going to totally suffer because they're so unaware that the market has changed, right? You can't keep doing what you did yesterday, even if it was successful yesterday, and that's not even including the failures that businesses, the weak spots that businesses had from yesterday's thinking, and they're still making those mistakes too. And the future is brutal because when markets shift and things change, um, they only point just like speed. When you go faster, it points out your weaknesses, right? You're driving a car two miles an hour, that's one thing. You're driving a, a, a car 200 miles an hour, and you've got some problem in the engine or on a tire, man, you're going to know about it. You're going to have a, a, a disaster happen as you increase that speed. And that's what's happening in the business world for everybody. And some people are aware of it and some people aren't. So here's the first thing that we're going to talk about. The first thing is we have to understand a deeper understanding of what's actually going on. What is happening in business? You see, all of us either have a business or work in a business, and here's how it works. You go to work, right? There's a CEO maybe of the company, and there's, a, there's the, all of the, you know, the accountants, the managers, the employees. You've, maybe you've got a product. Um, so you've got manufacturing, you've got warehouses, you've got the delivery drivers, you've got you know, employee reviews, you've got reports that are due and meetings that are happening. Guess what? The customer doesn't care about any of that. The customer doesn't care about your CEO, right? If your CEO walks in to, to your business, for most people, it's like everybody's on their toes. Hey, the president's here or, or the VP or the CEO, right? That's a huge deal. Everybody's freaking out. But guess who isn't freaking out? Your customer, because they don't care about your CEO. They don't care about your, your, your leadership. They don't care about your policies. They don't care about your revenue going up or down or what the numbers are, or any of those things. They just don't care. But the thing is, is that the customers are the source of your revenue. And so they're a massively important part of your business. And yet they don't care at all about what you feel your business is right? Businesses are living in their own bubble. 
It's an internal, the whole business, what you think if you're an employee of a company as your business is all the things that don't matter at all to the customer. And so your head can get so locked into that, into what you're doing, and cool, we hit our quarterly numbers and we did the, who cares? The things you're focusing on are the wrong things because the customer doesn't care about them. You see, your mind, your customer is outside of your business in that model. And you're focusing all your effort and energy on what's inside your business. That is what's happening right now in the business world. Okay. And that is why major disruption is happening. And I'm going to give you one other little piece here to the puzzle. So let's talk about you're going to Best Buy and you're going to buy a laptop. And here's how business has worked for a long time. But business has changed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, and now you have to understand that change. So you come in to Best Buy to buy a laptop because they ran an ad or you saw it was on sale or whatever. And the way business used to work, you come in, you see, oh, hey, cool, great laptop. Get to touch it, get to play with it. I like it. It's on sale. I'm going to pull out my credit card or whatever, and I'm going to buy that. The problem is, the reason I'm buying it, why don't I go around and, and go to five more stores? See, I'm not going to do that. That would be inconvenient for me. So you get my business, you get my sale, because you kind of did everything right for the most part, and it's just easier to do business with you than to not do business with you for something that I want that seems on sale and seems reasonable. But now, there's what's called showrooming. And that's where a customer comes in, and they look at your laptop, and they check it out, and they find out, yep, that's the laptop I want. And they go, oh, you're on sale? Cool. $800? Let me just check Amazon. And they go on Amazon, and they go, oh, they got it for $750. Okay, cool. I ordered it right here on my phone. It's on, on its way to my house. It'll be there tomorrow. I can't wait to get my new laptop. Right? It's going to be there tomorrow. I can't wait to get my new laptop. And now, companies are doing business offline, right? Bricks and mortar. And they're getting foot traffic, which is their bread and butter. You got to get people in the store before they can buy something. And they're coming in, and they're looking at the products, and then they're buying them online. And so, that, <laughs> that's very disruptive. And people have to recognize how important that is. And businesses have to react to that. But now, the key that we learn from that is that no more can you just rely on the fact that it was convenient and you kind of did a good enough job. And since nobody else was around, you get the sale. Right? That's why we have customer service departments that are outsourced in Houston or India or all these. Half the time, the people aren't even employees of the company. They don't have the company culture. They're telemarketers. And guess what? That customer that lives outside of your business, that's their contact point, another point outside of your business. Okay? Now, if you take your most important asset, right? It isn't your it isn't kissing up to your supervisor, or your manager, or your or hey, the CEO's in the building and we all need to be on our toes. You need to be on your toes with your customers. Okay? When your customer is in the building, where are they? They're, they're interacting with people who are the least paid people in your entire company. Oftentimes, the least trained people in your entire company. Oftentimes, people with the least time working for your company, right? That cashier, they got hired last week. And now they're interacting with your precious customer that could be a lifetime customer or not based on this person who's been in your company for five days. Right? The whole way of thinking about business is wrong. And how we think about customers and customer experience. So let's dig in. 
Let's do the tale of three companies and see how this illustrates. And before I get started, there's an interesting quote today from Seth Godin, who, who I think is very smart. And uh, it's funny that it lines up with what I'm talking about today, which his, his uh, thought of the day is called, It's Not My Problem. And one of the statements that he says is, what if the rules others take for granted are seen by you and your team as standards that can be changed? Right? They're not something that's locked in. Like, that's our policy. You know, here's what I'm going to tell you about business. Anything that's set in stone is going to crumble. Okay? This new business environment can't work on old thinking. It doesn't work on things that have just always been that way. You don't have the luxury of coming into a company or even managing or owning a company and say, well, cool, we've put all this time and energy into setting our standards and our policies, and those are the, the bedrock, and that's what's solid, and every employee is going to use it. No, because you've created something that's rigid, something that isn't movable. And the problem is, when you have a fast-moving, ever-changing often disrupted business world where customers can simply come and go and get your same product or service or a better product and service in moments, even after they've come in contact with you or your low paid cashier who's under trained, then guess what? Policies don't matter. And you know, your customers, they don't care about your policies. They don't care about your CEO. They don't care about your meetings or your business P&Ls or any other thing. They care about themselves and the product and how it adds value to their experience. And if you don't start managing that, you're not going to be around very long in this type of environment. And it's only going to get worse. So here's the deal. So the tale of three companies. Here's, here's what happened. I'll give you the quick version. My wife has two credit cards. One's a bank card and one's a credit card. Now she doesn't use the bank card for, she doesn't hold money in that account. Because, you know, there's all this kind of, when you're shopping online, there's all this identity theft and all of that. So she has a special card that if she wants to make a purchase, she puts the money in there, she makes the purchase. And then it's back to zero balance so that there's nothing to take if somebody did try and take something. So then she's got her, her credit card as well. So she ordered some diapers from the Honest Company. And they came and, and all this. And she actually made the order and she put, she had both of those cards in and she made sure that she marked the one as default. And she actually took a screen share, uh, thanks to technology, um, showing which card she was using because she didn't, she knew there wasn't anything in that other account and she didn't want it to overdraft. Well, somehow their system screwed up and charged the other card and she got an overdraft fee of $30. So she calls up and, or she goes through their online form and all of this, sends them an email and gets no response. And she waits, sends them some more. And then she gets the response that there's nothing that they can do. And then I step in and say, okay, well, I'm going to call them because that's stupid. Their system didn't work. Then their customer service system failed to help you. And now I will call them and I will make sure that we get this resolved. The, the knight in shining armor husband that I am and so I call them up and we explain everything. We actually send them an email with the screenshot showing that it, it said it was going to come out of that card and it didn't. And what we wanted was them to take it off of that card and put it on the appropriate card. And now you're going to have to pay for our overdraft fee because you made a mistake. Um, that wasn't our fault. So ends up, they said, well, in order to do that, you have to return the product to us and then we can do a refund and all that. And I said, well... It's diapers. 
So I'm happy to load all of the used diapers into the box with the ones that we haven't used yet and mail them back to you as a special gift. But uh, she did not want that, oddly enough. Now, so there it is. That's just the way their systems work. And I guess their systems ran over us because they made a mistake and they can't fix it because that's their policy. Okay, and then they, they said, well, you know, they, they thought they'd be the, the big person say, well, we can put a... A $30 credit on your account for the overdraft fee, so you can buy more of our stuff. Um, needless to say, we were unimpressed with the way they resolved the issue of their mistake. Now, number two, GoDaddy. So, on a similar note, that same stupid uh, thing happened basically with GoDaddy. A, a charge came through from a renewal, and it was to renew it for two years. And basically what GoDaddy does is they offer a sale. And so on a domain, so it was for a couple domains um, that we weren't using. And so when you buy it, they give you a discount for buying more years. So you buy more years and it comes down to renewal and they auto renew it for that same amount of years, but not at the sales price. So it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit sneaky in that sense that it's like, Hey, we'll give you three years for this, you know, this much off and then they auto renew them all three years extended again at full price so you you don't get any sales even if they were going to have sales later so this happened once before and i called them up and, and they put it back to a one-year renewal and refunded the money but this time i call them up they did the same thing and it went through paypal which actually hit that same card of hers that that she doesn't use and so she got another overdraft fee so we I called him up and I said, hey, you know, I sat on hold for 21 minutes after I went through the IVR and then uh, talking to the, the outsourced telemarketer, I'm sure, um, we, you know, don't get resolution for the issue. They said, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but, uh, but we can't do anything. That's, that's uh, just how it is we you know and the guy says well hold on a minute let me go talk to my supervisor so okay so go talk to your supervisor and he comes back and he says yeah we can't we can't refund that because of some laws with i can right which they'd already actually done it before so i knew that they were full of it and and the the i can stuff has nothing to do with whether or not they charge me for extra renewals so clearly that was kind of a slimy tactic and they were they were just trying to see if I'd go away and, and they'd get the, that extra money. Well, then I asked to talk to the supervisor. Then I'm put back on hold for 10 minutes and then they come back and then they say, hey, uh, he's too busy. He's on the phone. And by the way, he also probably won't call you back tonight because, you know, it's getting late and all this. Even though it says 24 hours customer service, 24-7 on their website. So there's some incongruency there. So again, I'm left saying, okay, I guess I'm just going to maybe I'll go away. It's like a rebate. If, if, if I just, if they put enough hoops that I have to jump through, eventually I'll just go away and this keep the revenue or they just didn't want to handle it. I don't know. But as a customer, I don't care. So I said, well, how, do, how about we do this? Why don't you just refund me for both of those and just cancel the domains? I'm not really using them. And frankly, I'm just uninterested in wasting my time chasing this issue down when, you know, clearly there's something weird going on and, and in lying to me and telling me that you can't fix it when you've done it before and all this, and you won't let me talk to a supervisor. So, so that was that side. And then the third piece was that I finally reached out and talked to my bank numerica credit union and 
I told them a little bit about what happened, and they said, okay, well, we're going to see if we can just reverse those fees um, that we charged you. And I told them, and I, I actually wasn't expecting anything from them because it was legit um, on their side. Um, and, and actually, I told them on that account before, um, in order to also further protect the account if you're shopping online, I had already called and set it up and said that if something comes in, you don't pay it and then charge me an overdraft fee because we knew that was for online purchases. And sometimes websites are kind of questionable that you might be buying from. So I had already arranged so that it was like if something comes in and outside of that, because there shouldn't be any purchases when unless we put the money in for them, that they should just deny the purchase. And so that didn't happen. So actually on their side, there was a bit of a mistake. Well, she explained to me that because of the nature of how it came through, they couldn't do that even though I already had that set up. And that was fine. She explained, which helps me understand how to use it. But more importantly, she refunded the fees. Now, out of all of these three scenarios, here's, what, here's the key aha and the, and, and the lesson to be learned. The two companies actually made the mistakes right? It had nothing to do with me as a consumer, and yet also weren't willing to fix them and then blame their policy, even to the point where I knew that that actually wasn't their policy. So you have the people side, right? Maybe the, maybe the person, you know, was just lazy. Maybe they didn't want to have, maybe that, that records against them, that business, internal business, right? You had too many credit you gave, you're not fighting enough for the company, right? Because save us revenue, which would be an absolutely stupid model when you should be taking care of your customer. But what I loved is two out of the three made the mistakes, didn't make them right, maybe went away, not caring or feeling like they made them right. And the one company that actually had the legitimate kind of claim that they could have just said, hey, this is our policy. I mean, and they're actually a bank. So banks don't really play. They're all about money. You know, they don't, they don't, they're not necessarily in the same way looking at their customer like the other companies should be, right? They're, they're doing transactions. They're, they're transactional business. But the bank was the only one that actually resolved the issue and did what they didn't have to do and made it right. And out of that thing, my customer experience was cool. GoDaddy, you, I took business from you, and, and, and now you've stained your relationship with me that I don't want to have any domains or hosting with you because of multiple reasons. Number two, then we have the Honest Company, which is funny, the Honest Company, um, and their just inability to resolve a mistake that was clearly a fault of their systems just you know, makes me kind of feel lesser again about their company. I'll probably still order diapers through them. <laughs> but then you get to the third one, which is my, my credit union, where it's like, wow. And I told them, I said, you get a gold star for customer experience. Because actually, they'd still made a mistake. But look at the difference that I felt because of the contrast of dealing with those other businesses. And this is what's happening every day with businesses. Don't assume you're the only one who's talking to your customer or that has your customer because they can go down and get your service or your product in other sources, even if it's actually the same product, like your laptop. I can buy that from different places. I don't have to buy it from Best Buy. I could buy it from Amazon. I could buy it from somewhere else. 
right? And if you think that doesn't matter, and if you're not managing that, you're going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden look on your reports and your revenue reports and all that, and you're going to go, wow, something's going wrong. And what do they do in response to that? Oh, we got to get a new CEO. we got to do that. That's all interior business. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to cut costs. We're going to better manage the employees. We're going to fire some people. We're going to do this. No. <laughs> you tried to solve your business problem inside your bubble, in your business bubble, and you haven't realized that, you know what? When you take care of your customer, your business problems will be solved, right? The worst problem you can have is not taking care of your customer. Because when you don't take care of your customer, your revenue is going to hurt. And, and all you're going to be able to do is try and figure out how you can do more with less. But this is an important lesson that I think everybody, you know, I took a few more minutes on this one because I feel like this is a lesson businesses need to hear. This is a lesson and a change in mindset and understanding that people need to understand about the future of business. You can't operate your business within your business. Not solely, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a piece of it. But an even more important piece is what's outside of your business, and that's your customer, and it's your customer experience. And that should be your focus. And then you operate, and you come back, right? Who cares about a CEO? I've worked for a lot of companies. The president, the CEO comes in, everybody flips their lid. Customer walks in, calls your customer care service. Is the CEO flipping his lid? Are the managers and the employees doing that? This one guy wouldn't even get on the phone with me, and that's actually his job. When someone says, I want to talk to a supervisor. Right? That's the problem with business. Right there. Is your customer should be like that CEO walking in. And you don't put the person who's brand new, who, who, who doesn't know what they're doing, on the front line to take care. You wouldn't do that with your CEO, right? You know who meets him at the door? The VP, the district supervisor, the CMO, right? If, if, if the founder or the, or the owner is coming into a company, all the top-notch people are out there, and they're all about it, and they're making sure everything's perfect and all this and that. Customer walks in, ah, let the person we hired yesterday who we might fire tomorrow go talk to them and deal with them and interact them. Let, let, let them call some call center in Houston and let somebody who's not even really part of the company deal with them. And then you wonder where your problems are coming. And guess what? You're slowly sinking. You keep doing that 10 years from now, you aren't going to survive. It doesn't matter what market position you have. That is the lesson for you to learn today. I hope you loved it. Uh, I challenge you to see how that applies to you, not how that applies to somebody else, but how am I doing that? How is our business set up that way? And see what you could do to make those changes. Starts with the mindset, starts with awareness. I hope you loved it today. Share it, like it, want to hear your comments, leave them below. And I will see you on another day.